0: today at fearless wealth we have another comeback woman power goddess lori um you may remember lori from the episode about the spirit of alcoholism and addiction if you haven't listened to that one yet please go check that out it was such a rich nugget um, episode about addiction behavior choices in life and this time we speak about what is trauma, what is not trauma, nut trauma, what is trauma bonding, um, what's kind of the misconception right now, in our opinion, um, in the current teachings, what's therapy, self-regulation, etc., etc., autonomy in life, and um, yeah, a spicy one, I feel, a very good one, um, and a very valuable one. Here today Before at we as well. jump into today's episode, I just wanted to point out some things that are going on currently with the Meet Me at the Bank brand and what offerings are all out there. Also, if you haven't subscribed, like, shared this podcast, please do so. Also feel free to rate the podcast, regardless if it's good or bad, I'm all for it. Um, now, as you know, my biggest offering is the DOM course and the DOM archetype. Here I go all into you know empowerment. Um, there's sex worker aspect of it where I break break down completely what dominatrix work looks like, what fetishes we have, seven and a half hour library of fetishes. Um, then the dom archetype is setting boundaries, finding your inner voice, practice all these things of s- strong strong womanhood as how I would say it. Um, then we have the blood coats with Jesse Magic all about magic, wealth, creativity, energetics, in combination with your relationship to your body and your cycle. I have the tap-in workshop, how to tap into the energy of growing abundance yourself. Then there's the self-care makes you a millionaire workshop. Then there is all these all these interviews I have out there so feel free to check them out um, oh and I highly recommend for the simple startings the four money rituals those are a little bit with a magical edge and the gratitude journal for all the magical and non-magical people I have to believe that growth starts with gratitude and I have created a format to make it, make it tangible and make it so, practical. so let's get, get to the episode your favorite opinionated contour dominatrix friends money witch demon whisperer alleged demon queen business bitch five percenter fake witch and the last name i've received is apex predator mm-hmm. um so yes hi today at fearless world we have my amazing amazing Lori with us again Hi, love. hi. hello <laughs> everyone was obsessed with your accent
1: oh i love that
0: Everyone was obsessed. And I, too. I can just listen to you like this.
1: <laughs> so many. Do, do you feel that a lot of... Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. When I lived in Australia, everyone was just... They wouldn't sort of even listen to the questions I was asking because they'd just look at me like, oh, my God, your accent. Yeah, yes, like, same. Yeah, they'd be like, can I please have a coffee? And they're like, I'll just say that one more time.
0: Better us <laughs> for your accent. Yeah. Do you find yourself... Um, that a lot of people are trying to do that like show you their
1: Scottish accent every single time <laughs>
0: Amazing, um, I, 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 have a few, I have a few Scottish phrases that I bust out all day okay. not when I'm around you <laughs> then. are you wearing your bravery jacket <laughs>
1: <laughs> a bravery it's
0: guy. from a movie <laughs> it's just a phrase from a Scottish guy How? <laughs> I love it. Are you wearing your bravery jacket? It's
1: and in funny. my head, it sounds
0: really Scottish.
1: Everyone that does the fake Scottish accent does the, that exact accent that you just done, and they really like emphasise the Rs. Like there's been a murderer, but nobody actually talks like that. I th-
0: I think I just assumed it's going to be like a um like um an accent. And last time I talked, um, the bed and breakfast that I stayed to, stayed. In in Texas, he was a Irish Scottish, oh, and wow. he actually talked this way in his American. Like he, it was an accumulation now of mom Irish, dad Scottish, and living in America. Nice, and he and I, he was the first one. I was like, oh, you actually talk like how I think Scottish sounds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think my accent has been so diluted because I mean, I grew up in a place where the accent's really strong. And actually, when I moved to Australia, nobody understood a word that I said. So then it got diluted then. And then I moved to London and I had to dilute it even more. And so now I'm sort of left with this like accent that I don't really know which place it comes from. I just say random words from different places. So.
0: <laughs> I hear that. So, um,. Yesterday you and I started talking about oh and now my um, my notes got away cuz you and I often talk about um the 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 false sense of reality of that online behavior is real yeah oh that online world is real and um yesterday our conversation got started by um someone a psychologist making a post that basically all mental no no, not basically saying all mental illness is just dysregulated nervous systems yeah that's where you and I started started (laughs) started talking again be like Mm -hmm. this is bullshit not everything is trauma not everything is dysregulated
1: yeah and it's like she said as a psychologist I believe that all mental illnesses are just a product of a dysregulated nervous system and I'm just instantly I was like what because what about schizophrenia? What about, you know, people like sociopaths? What about, like, the, all this kind of stuff is not a dysregulated nervous system. So you're telling me if I chuck a serial killer into cold water for three minutes every morning, they're not going to be thinking like that anymore. It's not as simple as that. I should grab the cold therapy
0: in Well, and, and, it's, and it's such an... Um, this was an American psychologist, per, uh, and it's, again... It's, and, Emphasis on the American, where it's like this one thing is the solution or the reason for all of these complex problems, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which which is kind of like the. I feel it started off this whole mindset, and like in in pandemic, it was very that was that was that was very prevalent, right? Like, um masks are going to be the solution, like it's one thing, and after that, it was like vitamin D is going to be the winning. Oh no, vaccines! It's always one thing, mm-hmm. just like now. Trump was the reason for all, right? Like there's always one phrase that is the solution or origin for everything. And I blame that on the time of the rising of Telcel where everyone was like, use this Aptronic for 10 minutes a day and you'll be thin for the rest of your life. Like it's these one, very singular, simple solutions that are wanted to kind of comprehend but with very fucking complex situations.
1: Mm. And then do you think, so that's the... That's the macro. Do you think on a micro level people also do this with labels for themselves? So, oh, I'm, oh, I'm on, because of the ADHD, and that's just it. There's not, you know, there's never just one singular thing that something is. However, we love to just put one thing on it. Oh, it's because she's this, because he's that. It's because, you know. Mm-hmm. However, it's it's never just a one. It's never just one thing.
0: You know. I feel like it's the it's the 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 modern brain. Um, likes the comfort of, you know, if we put a label on it, because we have a certain frame around every label. Like, so if we can put it in that container, at least like we can put it away as like, okay, this is solved. We understand this. This is it. Um, Even it's, it's even like this, like, how do we measure good versus bad, right? Like it, p- people are mentally ill or people are harmful or toxic or they're healthy. Like what, like it's, again, it's this this need for this one label who covers all, mm. which is, which I, if anything, it's like the biggest, one of the biggest um, origins to people problem in like self-dissonance and inner conflict, because here you are like, you also have labels for yourself. Then, autom- if you label everything and everyone, you automatically create labels for yourself. Mm. And then, when you don't behave conform that, right, the social contract of the label. Now you're in a inner conflict.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: because that, and you and I talk about that all the time. Where I'm like, I'm, I'm that, I'm that big bitch online. Well, hey, where I'm like, I think 99% of the people who label themselves mentally ill right now don't have mental illness. They have bad diet. They have bad, they have lack of discipline. They have lack of bodily movements. Like, are you ADHD or have you been eating donuts as breakfast? Like there's like, and you know, and when would that, like, when would the overlap be? Um, and furthermore, what you and I always talk about, like, yeah, ADHD people can do this. And we even do that for Zodiacs, right? Like, yeah. you know, I'm sensitive cause I'm a Pisces. Oh no, I'm heartless because I'm Aquarius. I'm like, are you? Yeah. Or does the, right? Like it becomes a crux. Yeah. Of, of almost it being used as a crutch. Yeah. And that be- being the problem instead of it being a possible manual to help or whatever in life and you had a very i remember you because you're studying right now you're back to school mm-hmm. and i remember you texting me barra 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 look at this what we're teaching learning right now i'm like what they are teaching us that everything we didn't get is trauma too and i'm like oh shit
1: so that that wasn't in the course that i was doing that was a different course um and it was just a sort of so that,
0: so it's not it's not the big one you're doing now no
1: no, no no it was oh, okay, okay, no, okay it was it's not the course that i'm studying just now it was a, it was a workshop and they were talking about Ugh. they were talking about all of us have trauma which i guess to some degree you could agree with however they were saying the stuff that didn't happen to you is also trauma so because you didn't get all these family holidays etc or you didn't get love or you didn't get Etc. Then that's that's trauma too, you know. And how far can we take that? I mean, so because I didn't go to the Caribbean every year, I'm traumatized from that. Or like, were the were the family holidays in Scotland not enough? Like, I don't I don't know where that line is. And this is the thing: we try to just block everything into one thing. And this is it's exactly what you're saying when you when you're talking about with that label. Like, you know, I was vegan for such a long time, and then because I wasn't feeling well and I mean people will argue with this and I don't really care I had to start introducing eggs at first back into my diet and the inner conflict mm-hmm. I had with myself I would felt like a fucking horrible person I felt like a total you know fakery and all this stuff however I put that label on myself no one else did and then my confirmation well and and there are some there are
0: vague vague rules but the problem is the emphasis on the vague right like mm-hmm. People will assume um, when you tell them you're vegetarian or vegan, Mm -hmm. it's mostly because of some moral standpoint, Mm -hmm. right? Like you know, all poor animals or whatever, Mm -hmm. and therefore they will put you right. Depending on if you're, if they are a meat eater or a vegetarian themselves too, they will put you. Oh, that's she's good because she she cares about the animals, Mm -hmm. or wow, it's one of these whiny people, right? So there there are some vague rules about
1: these about these labels. Yeah.
0: Oh, but sorry, sorry, continue.
1: No, and I was just, I was going to say, um, when you're stuck in a label, so when you're stuck, in, when you put yourself in a box, and I know that we've talked about this a lot, is you will be inside of it, not only a box, but inside of an echo chamber and you'll just search for confirmation bias. So everything, even your algorithm, will show you cruelty to animals, you should only eat this way if you do, you know. And so that becomes like, you become on a one-track mindset. And at what point do you then, can you then look back or look outside of that? Like, how harmful is that to ourselves? How harmful is that to the people around us? You know, I remember preaching to my family about you should be vegan too, which, how is that fair on them? Their frame of reference is completely different to mine. So this is, I think. It, and the, how much? Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it can create, a lot of friction in relationships when we don't just accept other people for how they are we expect everyone else to come into our box and live in the same you know echo chamber as us
0: yes and I also wonder how much superiority complex mm-hmm. intertwined in that where we believe that our moral stance on everything is the right one where our moral stance and our basically our our perspective on life is so easily manipulated or formed by the amount of information we have.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: I just had while you were saying while you were talking about the trauma, I had to look up the the actual definition of trauma as mm-hmm. it is of now because just to, to track back, trauma originally was physical, um, was a physical injury such as a wound, leaving tissue cost, right, like that that was the that was the very very main original meaning to trauma mm-hmm. now it is trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event mm-hmm. like an accident natural disaster mm-hmm. shock blah 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 etc right so how do we get to a point where not getting something is traumatizing
1: mm-hmm.
0: how what how are we infantilizing the world and the children or anyone who just kind of like subscribes to this narrative that something that you didn't get is traumatizing as well and how would you know
1: yeah and I'm I'm wondering if you know because now we've got this thing like Instagram therapy every week there's so many of these things online right now is that a way for people to get more clients so by saying you know, because not everybody's had these huge catastrophic events in their life. So by saying, oh, what you what you didn't have was also trauma. So let's work together. Let's unpick all that. You know, is it is it something Ooh. there as well? Could that be another? Is that a psychological game in itself? Because well, I do. I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, go, on, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just I was just thinking. So like a child who perhaps wasn't emotionally supported by their parents. Right. So you didn't have emotional support. You know, that's difficult. Is it trauma? I don't know. But it's very, very difficult not to be emotionally supported as a child, you know, to to not have any way to process emotions or anything. However, I wouldn't exactly call that trauma. But that's kind of what is coming up for people just now.
0: Well, I feel a huge part of, of this debate, and, again, and I am ruthless in my opinions on this. First of all, I think... Say, you know, expressing the notion that, you know, your mom not having the same love language as you did, mm-hmm. not intentionally, right? But, but but we're still all individuals. Is traumatizing, is an extreme disrespect to people who actually go through traumas, violence. Because um, I think just like in the, just on the, the scale of murder, right? We have all these classifications. We have like um, first degree, we have manslaughter. Like, so there's, languages can be very, very deliberate in classifying different layers and intentions, right? And I don't understand why we don't have that around trauma. No, everything is trauma. No, the fuck it's not. Mm -hmm. How are you going to tell me that, you know, your dad not buying you a pony is the same as being raped? Like, how are you even going to use the same language yeah, for that? I know, I know,
1: I know, I get that.
0: And and I feel that in and I've been I've been conversing about this with other people so much and trying to pinpoint where I think where I think it originates from is that victim. Well, obviously, victim consciousness is is a big thing, right? Like, it's a very it's a very high end return of investment, right? Like, you get. It's a very. You actually have power. You have actual control. You you actually control the narrative, how people perceive you, how people respond to you. Respond to you. Um, so trauma or be being a victim is now a very powerful position. And as we live in a very informational um, era, people can, you know, the world's traumas and horrible events come to light. So I feel that the people who um who did not experience such extreme things like right let's say a rape a you know an assault or whatever they st- they feel like they're not being hurt
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i'm like your parents diver- di- di- uh, divorcing is not the same as you know fucking john being beaten in a foster home mm-hmm. or like it, it's it they they are both valid however yes. there's a platform for mm-hmm. when one is relevant or should be spoken about. Yeah. Um, So I do feel now that, and and you see this in the, in the, you know, the Pokemon collecting labels, right? Where there's a hierarchy. Well, if you're, if you're, if you're of a hierarchy of oppression, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're black, you're the most oppressed. And now, you know, a lot of people sort of be like, yes, that person might be black, but I am a, you know, trans, bipolar, whatever, whatever. Like they they have this weight trying to be as oppressed. Yeah,
1: well, And again, I, I just don't think... What's going on there? And I, I agree that like, you know, all difficult things are valid and they can be valid for you in your own way. And you can go to therapy and you can process those things and move through. Oh,
0: please do.
1: Please do. And, yeah, please do. And this is like why I want to do the work I want to do. Like I would love to work with any anyone who comes to me with any kind of struggles or pains. I'd love to help them process it. However, what I also feel now is that people love to get stuck in that place of like, not moving forward as well because there's a point where you've got to move out of that healing and into recovery which is where you'll live you know a fruitful life and things so why i'm feeling like there's people are getting so stuck you know in in that and staying with it for so long and like you're saying you know someone someone's parents in versus someone being raped by their you know potential father or brother or whatever you know because that that sort of stuff does happen how can we why are people fighting that that's the same trauma
0: yeah and what what i'm usually hearing when 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 people are sharing a you know a a real story of you know a trauma or or actual oppression of of some sort whether it being a personal or a collective and other people do the you know, my opinion is also valid, and then they, you know, they vomit word vomit all these like labels because this is what my oppression looks like. Yeah. to me. That sounds like, you know, you expressing, um, you know, I have cancer, and me being like, oh yeah, I stubbed my toe this morning too. Yeah. It's really hard. That's how it sounds to me.
1: Yeah, that's a like my
0: my 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 toe stubbing doesn't make it less not less painful for me. Like it's clearly something that I'm experiencing. However. Wanting to be in the same spectrum of you who has cancer, it's it just it's just disproportionately mentally ill,
1: mm. and it's fallen into that victim mindset. You know, how long do you want to stay in that victim? Because sometimes we are a victim, so we could be, you know, a real life victim. So someone who's potentially been in a car crash, which is trauma, or we could be the victim of a of a psychological game. But how long do you want to to sort of stay there? If you're the victim that's in that in that game, and everything's you know potentially affecting you. How long do you want to stay there and why? What is it that's in your script that wants to keep you there?
0: Is How would you, stressed, you know? Yeah, 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 for real. How would you define like who is who is a victim? And I I mean this in a, in the most traditional sense, when does one become a victim of something or someone or
1: So NTA we we would say that a victim with a with a small like v so the lowercase v is the victim of a car crash of an assault or something like this they're you know a, a physical victim of something um, if you're the victim within like a dry uh, in the drama triangle with a capital v you're you're at the mercy of some sort of psychological game but also even being the victim you've entered the game by yourself because that's a pay- there's a payoff in your script somewhere you know so it's like even though people feel like i'm the victim this has happened to me somewhere you've entered into that game with a persecutor or a rescuer in order to fulfill something within your own script
0: tell us more about it i'm I'm, i have like this is the biggest part of my dominatrix course by the way the drama triangle yeah but yes yeah so yeah tell tell us what the victim what the victim triangle is in however you want to explain it
1: so the yeah the drama triangle I guess there's there's three points in the triangle so you've got the persecutor the rescuer and the victim and you know when we enter into a game into you, we say we're in child ego state so you're not an adult ego state at that point because you know it's it's there's a game being played and they say in order to get out of the the triangle we have to talk to our adult but when you enter a game there's a payoff somewhere so that payoff could be Um, that you're either rescued or there's a there's a the payoff is usually a feeling so there's a feeling that'll come out of the game that you get so potentially you could start as a as a persecutor so you could start the fight and the other person's the victim however there'll be a switch somewhere so then you'll maybe potentially they'll then become the persecutor and you'll fall into the rescuer mode and people just move around this drama triangle sometimes for years until the payoff until they get the payoff and what the payoff could mean, oh I'm right and you're wrong or you know there's there's just there's a lot to unpack in the drama triangle. There's also the role of the bystander, which uh, I'm learning about just now. So the bystander could potentially enter the game, however they don't and there's talks about whether they're actually in the game by doing that or not.
0: Right by observing and does that depend is the role of the bystander depending on their of their acknowledgement or interaction with the drama triangle? Because what is is one a bystander by just observing?
1: So I mean it's open for interpretation I guess. So for instance, say I mean one of the examples that we were sort of using is you see a mother in a super in a supermarket shouting at their child. So, I mean, the persecutor—the persecutor there could potentially look like the mother, and the victim is the child. So, as the bystander, do you intervene and do something about this situation with this child that's clearly upset? Um, if you intervene, what could happen? Well, there's risk. The mother could turn around and put her aggression towards you, um, in which case then you're the persecutor, she's the victim. So you see how we could jump oh, around shit. different places. Right, but also there's another layer to think about this. What if the actual persecutor is the father who doesn't pull his weight in the house? So the mother's overwhelmed and then she snaps at her kid in the supermarket. So actually, the mother is the victim, the kids may be the rescuer. So we don't know, mm-hmm. it could be it, we can move around the drama triangle all the time, and the only way to get out of that is by just you know, coming into your adult and, and stepping outside of it. And the whole thing is these psychological games, we play with each other all the time. I could give you an example of one that I used to do myself. So I used to have an ex-boyfriend who I felt really unsafe with. There was no security. You know, I didn't trust him at all. So I would look through his phone at night. So this was me then. Becoming <gasps> so this was me, this was me in persecutor role. So then at that point, he's the victim. So then I confront him about it. And he then moves into rescuer trying to, you know, fix it and all that kind of stuff. There's a big fight. There's a big argument. And then eventually I'm the one saying, oh, why am I like this? I'm so this. I'm so that. Then he jumps into rescuer. I'm the victim. And then he's saying, it's okay, I love you, blah, 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 which is my payoff. I wanted to feel safe. I didn't know how to ask for it. So instead I created this whole drama around the drama triangle, in order for him to hug me and say, you're the one I love, everything's going to be okay. So there's just so many ways that we jump into these games, and the drama triangle is so interesting. We could see it in everyday life. If you turn on a TV show, you'll say, oh, there's a rescuer, there's a whatever. I mean, I know we talked about it. uh, Listen to every song. everything. 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 God damn it! Every love song is either a victim
0: or 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 a rescuer. Most of the songs, I feel, it's either either those two.
1: Yeah, no one, um, talks especially about in me. the country
0: music. Yeah. As
1: well. yeah, yeah, everyone's a victim. You know, I was left, blah blah blah. But did they leave you because you were shitty? You were you the persecutor in the first place? You know, so nobody wants to talk about being the persecutor. This is like, it, I think it takes a good amount of self awareness to go. Actually, I was the one. By starting the fight, so me saying, oh, my ex-boyfriend, I couldn't trust him. But actually, you could look through anyone's phone. I was just looking for crumbs of whatever. So I was the persecutor in that moment.
0: But blame. So, um, And I'm taking notes here. No- normally, I have notes in my diary, but I don't know where my yeah. diary is. So w- what I found, as someone who has very strong opinions, as everyone knows, mm. it's been very hard for me to figure out the nuance and the fine line in how do I speak up mm. about what things I observe mm-hmm. versus when do I become a persecutor or a rescuer?
1: Yeah, and it's down to responsibility. This is where I'm struggling because when is it my responsibility to approach the mother in the supermarket? You know, why Why is that anybody? Well, let's keep that one. Let's yeah. keep that one. Yeah, go, go, go. Yeah, do I feel like you know, at what point. Is it up to me to get involved in this woman's life and potentially shame her in the middle of a supermarket and potentially make the situation worse? You know, I live in Scotland. And, you know, if I went up to someone and said, hey, is everything okay?", I'd risk being punched in the face, you know, for being involved. Um, And I guess this will change culturally as well. Um, different, One hundred different cultures will have different rules for this sort of stuff. You know, I know there's some countries they get involved straight away. Some countries like it's very British to so mind your own business and just, you know, keep keep out of people's business. However, not all cultures are like that.
0: Yeah. So as East European, we get physically like our parents get. It's 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 a fairly normal thing. And I remember the first time when my mom got physically with me in a supermarket in the West, in the Netherlands, to be precise. And people wanted to to call child services on her, Mm. Uh, which, and I remember this because um, not only have we had a lot of conversations about that, about the upcoming situation as an adult, Mm -hmm. but I also remember as as the child that I was, first of all, I remember that, um, yes, my mom had an absolute fucking, you know, temper disproportionately I also remember that I knew better than to fucking be a little bitch ass brat. Yeah. You Then being a little bitch ass brat in the supermarket. Cause I knew when I was allowed to get stuff and when I was just being a little neck, I knew that I knew that very consciously. And I remember when people were attacking verbally, my mom saying how bad of a person she is that I wanted to defend my mom. Yeah. Like, how dare you come for my mom? Yeah.
1: Like how? Why would you even step into that? You know.
0: And it w- and and then I and I remember, like, I would say something, and then when my mom would get upset with me. Like how do I? How dare I be rude to adults? Right? Mm-hmm. Like it was this whole fucking tango of chaos.
1: Yeah. So see how yeah. at that point you're all moving around the drama triangle all the time. You know. So when you're nagging yeah. your mom, mom, I want this, I want that then are you the persecutor? Because you're like, and this is all unconscious. Nobody's consciously playing this stuff. Um, But, you know, I think the the reason people are in the bystander role so much is usually because of fear. You know, fear of whatever people might say. You know, I know that um, I've definitely refrained from posting certain things on social media out of fear that people will argue with me or that people will uh, confront me. Whereas I know that you're not like that. You don't give a shit. (laughs) <laughs> you're like yeah whatever no 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 no
0: <laughs> no no, no. You, you know how long it had taken me to speak publicly that you know i call jordan peterson i call him dad yeah <laughs> yeah because i knew yeah and really. ironically yesterday i posted a very very deep and profound quote which was in regards to behavior and our own boundaries basically from jordan peterson and look and behold what the fuck happened in my comments
1: yeah like straight away isn't
0: he yeah. the trans pope isn't he the white supremacist isn't the blah, blah 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 and i was like yeah yeah it it was time so yes i don't give a fuck but it i it, it the fact that i paused
1: okay yeah interesting and i
0: was like yeah this is gonna because f- f- as for me it was a huge observation um so I I I would if like if we're going to use labels there was a time where I would probably subscribe to like something like a feminist label I guess mm. right like um I absolutely now think that feminism is a fucking virus by the way um so I Perceived a Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson, a Joe Rogan as absolutely white supremacist, anti women, mm-hmm. um, racist, transphobe, homophobic. Like I, I would basically play um, supremacy bingo in my head and put them, put the label on there, right? Like I would be like bingo, bingo, like. And I had never listened to anything of them.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then one time, I, I, I read a piece. And someone had just literally copy-pasted a text from Peterson. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading yeah. it, reading it. And it's like, you know, psychology, psychology, behavior. And I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. And it says kind regards, you know, Jordan, yeah. Dr. Jordan Peterson. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Fuck you tricked me. Yeah. I felt violated and I felt tricked. Yeah. Um, and that was the first time where I was like, I don't actually even know. And this was many, 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 many years ago. This was the, actually the first time where I'm like, I don't even know why I have an, you know, aversion against this person. And like, I couldn't even quantify it. It was just like, you know, I think some of my groups that subscribe to the same labels as me dislike them. Therefore I dislike them, but it wasn't based on anything actually. Um, and then I learned, you know, I started listening to a bunch and I was like, Oh, that's like, I actually hear this person just mostly say common sense. Yeah. Like, you know, like clean your bed. And don't be rude and be articulate, read and speak, learn to be, you know, disciplined. I'm like, oh, oh, like <laughs> you legit sound like a dad, like the good yeah. one, actually.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and observing the inner conflict that, uh, that, that happens when you, well, first it's like someone who you, who you dislike made a g- good point. That's the first phase where you're like, mm-hmm. no. And then you're like, well. Um what what box do I put this person in right now is it do I like him or do I hate him yeah. and and later you learn there's no fucking box <laughs>
1: yeah, Exactly this is the problem there's no box Yeah the there's no box I actually remember when you texted me and said um has Joe Rogan changed like are we do we like him now <laughs> I was like you're listening to him too you know it's like cuz my partner listens to him a lot and so you know I hear snippets of stuff and then I'm thinking oh god I actually really agree with that And then all of a sudden, like you say, you're in this conflict of, I don't like this person. Why am I agreeing with them? Then actually you realize to like someone, you don't have to fucking agree with everything they say.
0: And and this is what we talked, you and I talked about yesterday. Like the fact that we, that, you know, obviously I don't agree with everything that person says. is such a, like that, 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 that has become a phrase that must be used. It's, it's. And that's still like a protective mechanism to ourselves, right? So people still don't perceive us as like full follower, yeah. right? It's still based on yeah. people externally perceive us. So, well, but I don't agree with everything. Like, yeah, it's still cool. kind of like a yeah. safety,
1: yeah. safety
0: mechanism for ourselves when we say that. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's, and like I said, it's like it's like using the term. You know, I went to the toilet and I flushed. Like, okay, now that we are, you know, stating the obvious, like this is great.
1: Yeah, and like there's a there's a really famous guy in the UK. I, mean, I don't know if you guys you might know him, Piers Morgan. You heard of him.
0: So he's this guy. Is he, isn't he? Isn't he James Bond? No. no,
1: that's a different guy. Anyway, there's this guy and he sort of does a morning talk show. He's really controversial, um, and I could probably count—I mean, a million times—that someone on Facebook has, has has taken something he said and began it with. I don't normally agree with Piers Morgan, but you know, and I'm like, there's another one, or Katie Hopkins, I don't yes. normally agree with Katie Hopkins, but the- today, and I'm like, why do you have to even say that? You're allowed to just, you're allowed to agree with some stuff, disagree with other stuff, like, I don't know.
0: I feel I feel such stage- statements would only be pre- prevalent, 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 in cases if the statement they make is really unique. To their perspective of life,
1: mm.
0: like, and I'm a, I'm to make it very clear, like Hitler hates Jews, right? That's a very prevalent thing mm. that Hitler stands for. Mm-hmm. Um, very simplified, obviously. Um, some Peterson thinking you should clean your room is not something that only he thinks or that is unique to him. That's mm-hmm. a, again, it's a very common sense kind of like thing. Mm-hmm. So we attribute that, like, you know, I don't agree, but with this point, I'm like also that person didn't say anything like disproportionately that's Mm -hmm.
1: it's not that wild unique no yeah
0: and i remember um in the in in our you know former video game called the pandemic um apparently candace owens shared something, like, you know, we should stop with the mask, and I shared that. Ah, fucking, I fucking, like, I, I, I know very little about her. And people were like, oh, so you're supporting Kenneth. I'm like, first of all, no, I don't know who this is. Also, this opinion is not unique to her. Like, she's not the only one, like, it's just a very random, mm. common decency thing.
1: Yeah, I find that so interesting, how people instantly, and they'll they'll also instantly... Um, put you in a, a box inside their head if you do like people like Jordan Pearson or Ben Shapiro or something like that you know then you're automatically oh you're one of them it's like well what's that you know why does that why does that make but and I think it is people need to put labels on other people because it makes them feel in a way safer like oh she's this this and this therefore it's a social she contract that. yeah
0: it's a social contract because I not only is there a social contract about that label, if you're a Christian, you're you ought to behave a certain way. So now I know yeah. which, which box to play you, depending on what social contract container I am in. It also defines what the social contract between the Christian and I is. Yeah. Right? Because I, as the hedonist or the witch, I am supposed to hate Christians. Yep,
1: yep,
0: yep. And that's so so we have all these social contracts. And it's interesting how um and I made a post about this few a few weeks ago, right? Where I was like, you know, one of the biggest gifts I gave myself is for the last almost two years, I've been only listening to people who have opposing views of me. Mm-hmm. And the first time I was like, I want you to fucking die. How dare you have this opinion? Mm-hmm. And later, you know, as you listen to people and their opinion, it's kind of mostly just like, oh, I understand why you come, like how you got to this thinking, still completely disagree. Or maybe I agree a little bit or here and there, right? But it's, it's, first of all it's not an attack on me um and as well the 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 proximity of the problem like a Ben Shapiro he has crazy opinions on gays and abortion and I'm listening to him and I'm just like oh Ben yeah oh it's it's silly old Ben again right. <laughs> That's <how I> <laughs> And, uh, and he also, you know, he does the, and or he goes the, you know, this is, he he can very hype fear. I'm like, oh, Ben, you're hyping people to be afraid again. Yep. I see you. And then he says something else. I'm like, okay, so I love this point. Well articulated.
1: Yeah, 100%. And th- people, I don't think people can sit well with the fact that two things can be true. You know, it can be one thing and the other. It doesn't have to be. So in, in, our, in our training, they, they teach us the massive, um, you know, difference between the words but and and something something yeah but yeah. you could say and something else is true. So, you know, it's not that um there's a war in Ukraine, therefore you can't moan about the prices of gas going up. It's there's a war in Ukraine and the price of gas going up is also fucking a nightmare for some people. So it's like two things can be true. And I
0: stubbed my toe And morning. I stubbed my
1: toe. And this beautiful woman I know's got cancer and 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 it doesn't have to be but
0: And I'm in love. Yeah. And I'm happy about the fact that I can buy food. And
1: Yeah. And then that that's where the gratitude things comes into it as well, right? So it's like you can feel shit and be grateful for what is going on in your life. It's not one or the other. And I think this is where it gets muddy the whole toxic positivity bullshit as well. You know, you could be feeling shit and be positive about the fucking fact you went out for a beautiful walk with your dog. It's not like one or the other. And this, why is this scale hanging so low and high in one place at the same time? I don't know. I think that's why so many people are pent up right now because people are not realizing that two things can be true at the same time.
0: And... This is not real life,
1: yeah. <laughs> especially social media. This is not real life. Like I, if if,
0: if we are to believe social media, re- left, right, and center politics, mm-hmm. the KKK is marching down every street. Mm-hmm. No one knows whether they are a woman or a man. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some? What are some more of the? current
1: well it's, it's just the news in general isn't it like i think you've you've pointed this out before about the left and the right like i think you would mentioned about that potentially you know in real everyday life is that what you see do you see that work is that what's happening in your life or is that just a social media construct which is fed to us to keep us in that fear element
0: yeah yeah how do you feel like humor plays into this? Um, at, so us Czech, Czech people, we're apparently known worldwide for having one of the heart, darkest humor. I agree. I can laugh my ass off about very dark things. Very, very dark things. Um, and other people perceive that as, you know, violence. Mm. Disrespectful. Um how how much does context play a game in all these conversations too right
1: exactly and frame of reference and culture and diversity everyone's going to have you know i grew up in scotland so we're used to being quite negative towards each other as as a way of connecting you know we're not sort of like oh you're so beautiful there's like look at the fucking manchester boys <laughs> too you know we would Boy, yeah fucking <laughs> There's a yes. sort of – I mean, my grandmother, you know, who I post regularly on social media, I'll walk into her room and she'll go, oh, Laurie, you look like a bucket of shite. You know, that's how she'll <laughs> me. She won't say, oh, wow, you look beautiful, ever. She'll say, oh, you look like shite, you know, and what have you done to your uh, work? There's, and that's just – I feel safe, though, because at that moment, I'm okay, you're okay. We're both okay in that moment. So – and it's our version
0: of the love language. It's our it's our dialect of yeah. love language.
1: So culturally, things will be different. So you laughing at really dark stuff, it's part of you, your culture, your frame of reference, you know? Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm glad we're solving the world. <laughs> and I think this <laughs> is the goal, grab- so It falls into cancel culture. Loads of comedians right now, they're sort of, being cancelled, left, right, and centre for stuff that they say, and I don't know at what point someone can take a joke personally, or you know something like that. Ricky Gervais had talked about people just taking offence to anything. You know, if, if the, he was made a joke about uh, a, a dead baby, and so many people all over the world were offended because they'd potentially lost children, and he was like, "I wasn't talking about your baby," you know, I was just. So it's like, mm-hmm. uh, what? Why do they? Why are they? I don't know. There's something. There's something in that, isn't there? That's taken personally. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and, and and online, it's being taken to an, an extreme. I have yet to see these conversations happen in person, but we we meaning those who participate in social media ought to be apologetic nowadays. Are expected to be apologetic for our winnings we ought to first acknowledge our self-awareness of our privileges before we're allowed to, right? Like, hey, I'm good at this, and I know there's other people. And even further, on Mother's Day now, right, or when people are pregnant, we ought to acknowledge those who can't have babies. When we celebrate Mother's Day, we ought to acknowledge those that mourn their mother. I'm like, motherfucker.
1: Yeah.
0: How if you wanna term if you wanna use hip terms, how narcissistic did you get that me celebrating my mom has got anything to do with you and you having a shitty mom? And that's coming from someone who has a shitty mom, by the way.
1: I feel yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: How has me celebrating that my body is creating life being pregnant? I'm not pregnant, by the way, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. How is it's me getting pregnant? having to acknowledge those who cannot get pregnant. Mm. And why do I even have to acknowledge that as if it's not common fucking sense? Mm. Why do I have to verbally express that I stand with Ukraine or that I feel bad for people in war? Why do I have to verbally express that I feel bad for those
1: people? Well, then that's playing uh, bystander versus reg rescuer right so at that point are those people in the rescuer role is you know it's because the whole I stand with Ukraine thing okay so especially with social media we're constantly bombarded with stuff we have to choose what we what we share all that kind of stuff and then there's that point where you just go I'm not going to post about it because what is it going to do what 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 is that going to do I mean I don't necessarily no a single person from Ukraine no one from Ukraine is on my Instagram so they're not going to they're not going to see anything I post and I, I just find it hard you know how many things can we post about there's so much shit going on in the world are you, do you just pick one and go with that and then, are you a bystander to everything else or do you get to just choose what you're going to go along with
0: well and 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 yes 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 to all you say and I wonder how much because the by you, one only becomes a bystander of something once they are exposed to that event or that happening or that information. Because you and I both know when you and I turn our social media, well, not perhaps not our social media, but when we remain offline for a week, we're living our best YOLO life, right? Mm. The yeah. the shit is still happening outside in the world. Um, but you, when you get online, now you're expected to have. First of all, you. You're expected to have opinions about everything,
1: yeah.
0: um, and you're you're kind of like, oh, you didn't know about this happening. Well, this is what we're upset about right now. No,
1: yeah, and then people get called out. I've I've actually I actually know some friends who've got like a lot of followers, like you know, less than a million, but you know, near there, and they were uh, they maybe posted something. And then they got absolutely annihilated from all the followers as to why are you not posting about Ukraine? Why are you not standing up for this? Why are you not standing up for that? All all of the posts, you should be using your platform for this. You should be using your platform for that. So how far do we take that? Like At what point do you get to say, actually, no, this is my platform and I'm going to use it for whatever I want? Or you have to give the people what they want, which is bullshit.
0: And coming back to that same question, why does anyone have to, like, what kind of person do you think I am that I have to verbally emphasize on the fact that I think that war is bad?
1: Exactly. We all know it's bad.
0: Do we also, like, do I also have to emphasize that I think chocolate tastes really good? Like, what, why, why are we constantly talking about these normal, very, like, we, we all agree. That war victims, like we have empathy and compassion for those. Like, there's, I have yet to find anyone who's like, no, no, all the people victim of war, no, you know, should they shouldn't have lived in, you know, they shouldn't be like what? Like again, this is not a conversation.
1: Mm. So what? Why does? mm -hmm. Go ahead. At what point does it become about I stand with Ukraine, or at what point does it come about? Look at me, I am. Following this kind of social construct to make myself look—it's
0: always the last
1: minute. And get the likes, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and it just—it feels so fucking false to me. There's so much. There's—I just feel like there's no more authenticity online at all. It's so rare. Oh, I feel there's a lot.
0: Um, but you have to actually like actively make it at the beginning, you have to set up the base where you, where you find it because, because the algorithm has to catch up with that. Exactly. Um, delete. I removed everyone who had a Ukraine flag. Really. not because I'm anti Slavic, you know, Russia or Ukraine, just because I don't want it. I removed everyone who jumped bandwagons during uh, our former video game, the pandemic. Yeah, I, I just removed everyone. Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like what kind, what, how spineless are you that you think you have to express? Look, I feel bad for the people mm. there and there. Like, wh- it, it just no. I, it's no. I, I don't know. I don't know in what box to put you if if you think that needs to be said.
1: Mm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot. I think I'm veering more now towards coming off it altogether because I just feel like I I like what you're saying about the algorithm. You sort of actively have to change it. And I think mine at the moment is just, it's yeah, it's not working for me. I, the problem is with me I've got, like, I followed way too many people too long ago and it's it would feel impossible to follow them all. So I either need to just start again or – but I, I do stay on because there are those parts where you do get that – those bits of authenticity, like some of the stuff that you,
0: I love social media. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love social media. I love uh, listening to certain people. I love seeing what my friends are up to. um, Cause there's a, there's a, like a tiny little chain connection between us without me having to, you know, calling you or whatever. It's kind of like, you're basically having a diary online. I'm kind of like in the loop of what your life is about. You're getting kids, you're in, you know, Cancun, whatever you're doing. I love that.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Um,
0: but all the other stuff i what 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 and we've talked about this in our former podcast too what has saved me is removing all the apps from my phone first of all turning yeah. off all notifications on my phone yeah. Rem- removing any following like i followed a bunch of like meme and jokes i unfollowed all of that cuz it just keeps me online
1: yeah for sure i had to do the same i turned all my notifications off i don't get any um i keep my phone on silent as well and I unfollowed so many things, especially about the whole ADHD thing, because I felt like giving that energy um, was putting stuff in my head. Like, oh yeah, this this is this makes it worse. So, to what extent is other people doing that with other stuff? You know, because it gives it more energy. The more energy you give something, the worse it feels. So, I I sort of will you
0: will you sh- share some more about that ADHD? Yeah.
1: So. Uh, a quick sort of backstory. So I got diagnosed with ADHD when I was 15 in high school, obviously, because I wasn't focusing in class. I wasn't paying attention. Um, I was fidgeting all the time. And so then we went through the whole psychiatrist stuff and bam, there's the label ADHD. No one ever said. And the thing with ADHD is once you label a kid with ADHD or an adult, then it's not the teacher's fault. It's not the parent's fault. It's a naughty child. So that's it now, you're left with that label. So I was put on Ritalin at 15 years old and felt like a fucking zombie, honestly. I, I just felt like I was on, like, on drugs, basically, my first experience, it was horrible. And I sort of begged my mum to take me off it and she just said, yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, however, there was stuff going on at home, which meant that, um, you know, some sort of traumatic stuff, which meant that I couldn't pay attention in class. You know, if you've got shit going on at home as a kid, there's stuff that's happening to you. You can't go into school and sit quietly for eight hours and, you know, be okay. So did I have ADHD or was I going through other stuff that meant I couldn't focus in school? So anyway, I get the diagnosis. I start just living my life. I become a hairdresser. That feels beneficial because I'm chatty. I'm always doing lots of things at the same time. When I recently started back at school, the ADHD thing came up big time. It was almost like I got a memory back of, oh my gosh, I have ADHD. And then so I started to follow all of these pages. I became part of some support groups. I started unpacking it with my therapist. I spoke to my tutors about it. Then all of a sudden, I am like an absolute mess. I'm forgetting things. I'm like doing things. I'm basically, I've become ADHD all over again in so many ways. I'd forgotten all the stuff I'd put in place for myself to make it feel okay i went as far as booking an appointment with a psychiatrist to be medicated as an adult and then um i remember talking to you about my essay and i'm procrastinating i can't do it blah 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 however these were all contaminations um from when i was younger i was sort of thrown back into high school because that really hadn't been processed me getting diagnosed with adhd just wasn't processed for me it just got forgotten about so then then I managed to do my essay on medicated and I send it off. And then I have this part where I'm like, so I've just sent the essay away. Why now am I telling myself I can't do this? Because now that's not true because I did it and I didn't need medication to do it. And so then I start to sort of unravel all of the whys. I start to try and unpick why I was doing this. And the truth is, is because I just gave it so much energy. And so then I went back and unfollowed all of the Instagram pages, all of the Facebook groups, because everything that was being posted, I'm relating to, and it just it just became more of a thing than it needed to be. And so now I'm at the stage, I'm actually writing an essay on, is it me or is it the ADHD? And I'm sort of unpacking all of it. My- oh,
0: shit. <laughs> yeah,
1: so... Um, and actually talking to that little girl who was diagnosed, like, hey, maybe you didn't have ADHD, maybe you just needed a hug, or maybe you just needed someone to talk to, you know, rather than being stamped with this label, and then it's no one's fault, it's my fault. I'm the one that's the naughty kid, and there's nothing else to look at. So, and, you know, and yeah.
0: Do, um, back in a day, because a lot has changed slash evolved. Yeah. Back in the day, what terminology would they use in terms of what is the diagnosis of ADHD? Because I remember, like, how I remember the the times upcoming, it would be basically if you can't focus, you got ADHD. Like, that was kind of the one-on-one.
1: Yeah, unable to focus, distracted. I mean, all of my report cards say I was distracted, easily distracts others, can't sit still, you know, all that sort of stuff. So you know, rather than thinking, why is she like that? What's going on there? It's, oh, she must have ADHD. Therefore, she is, you know, there's a bad kid and there's nothing we can do about it. You know, and I think a lot has changed now. What I'm seeing, though, is a lot of people now, um, especially women now coming out and trying to get this ADHD diagnosis. However, is it ADHD or are you just really fucking overwhelmed with life right now? Because if you're really overwhelmed, you're going to be forgetting appointments. You're going to be a bit more messy than normal. Like there's all these things that it, it could be a, other than that, you know. But people want um, a label. They want a label. They want to say, yeah. I have ADHD now. This is why I'm like that. And rather than I'm that, void of
0: responsibility.
1: Oh, yeah, this nothing's my fault. I don't have to go and I don't have to do anything now. I just, that's who I am and that's the way it is. Or, you know, I've, I've sort of in therapy been figuring out ways where I can deal with and help myself, you know, a better diet, more exercise, you know, having more of a routine, like a really solid routine and um, telling myself different things, giving myself new permissions. You can do this. You can, you can write an essay. It's no problem. Rather than I can't write this because I have ADHD, you know, and then that's it. So it's just about to- yeah, I- yeah, talking to yourself differently.
0: I feel that um, such labels Um, And mostly, mostly all mental illness classifications should be treated like allergies. Um, No, it's indeed not fair that you're lactose intolerant. So what are you going to do? You're going to drink milk? And then be like, well, you know, everyone else is drinking milk. Yeah, but your body can take that. So if you are what we would assign prone to ADHD, tendencies whether that's a, an, the official label and then no you have to design your life design your life that you are not as much on social media that you have whatever it is right but it's, it's like an allergy you have to design your life around that allergy there's no it, it's unfair that you have to do more work it's it, it's unfair that other people do get to enjoy milk or chocolate but you have an allergy mm-hmm. now now what
1: yeah now what that's the thing now what it it doesn't just stop there once you get the diagnosis that's not it then you don't just you don't just sacrifice your whole rest of your life to being that kind of person what are you going to do about it you know and it, it's the same thing when they say you know you're not responsible for your trauma but as a child but as an adult you're responsible for processing it you know and it's the same with, there we go. it's the same with everything you know like i've had so much sudden and complex trauma in my life which wasn't my fault however it's up to me now to spend time in therapy processing that so that i can be a better person so that i can become you know less of the adhd like symptoms because am i just going to blame everything on something else something else is something else oh it's the trauma oh it's the adhd or do i say in spite i can't so instead of saying i can't do this because of trauma and adhd i can do this in spite of that And how do you get there? You you, like, I can't tell you how many friends and people I know that would just benefit so much from talking therapy, sorting, you know, so many things out. But it's easier to to sort of say, oh, it's something else out of my out of, you know, it's not my responsibility or I can't be accountable for that because it's something else.
0: And yes, yes to all of that. And while like figuring out what this thing we call life is, also acknowledging that there are very binary systems that are that are that are in place because it works for a majority. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not a great textbook learner. I'm a doer. Yeah, you can throw me in a pool without me knowing how to swim, and I will somehow figure out my way to swim. Now, me reading books. Ee- it's not my way of processing theory the best. Yeah. I can read about airboat, you know, bow bow shoot or your bow hunting, but for me, it's easier to do it. Yeah. So now I feel also that we associate, like, you know, if you are, if you are um, scattered in life or you have certain difficulties, is it because you're trying to adapt, like, conform to a system that isn't made for your type of? being it's not yes, even brain exactly
1: it's, for your type of being exactly it's like when they say you can't judge a fish you can't judge a fish's ability to climb a tree. There we go
0: but now not only we're upset with look well, I'm you know I, I, I'm the fish and I can't I can't fly. Now we're also like no what? Yeah like get back in the are water. you
1: did you forget yeah. did you forget you're a fucking fish yeah, yeah you're not supposed to be in the tree yeah And I'm the exact same. Like I, you know, I was sort of, I'm not academic. I'm the same as you. I don't learn textbook way. However, I could sit with an instrument for an hour and play it pretty well really quickly. So why am I judging myself on the fact that I don't hold information in my brain from a book? You know, and this is the whole schooling system. This is why there's so many kids that are stuck with these labels. Why did I have five maths classes a week and only one music class a week? Of course, I'm not going to do well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it it works
0: for many people. Yeah. So, because we need systems. Yeah. Um, but and I remember, like, when when I went to, I never I never really did school, but the few years that I did, I remember remember there were kids who left my class because they were quote unquote too dumb, and they went to the dumb people school, which was a, basically a school where they just work like a worker school, right? Yeah. Like they you know farmer school, they would work with their hands or We would call them the dumb people school. That was a term. Oh, he's dumb, and and they're all fucking winners now because they're all farmers. They're painters. They have they they know actual crafts. Probably
1: entrepreneurs as well. They'll probably have like you know all of them. They can look
0: at a tractor and just by the sound of it, they know what's wrong with it. I'm like shit. If that's not an art and craft and skill on its own, that I don't know what is. It's so true.
1: It's so true. Totally agree. And do you think those systems are still in place um, in your country, or it's, it's maybe? Oh, for
0: sure. Right. No, I, I, I think for sure. I think it's a. I do feel it's a like, especially Czech Republic has a very. Um, it it it's a very, it values, um, academy a lot, yes. um, and not in a bad way. I feel that the West, um um associates academic knowledge with worth and i don't feel that east europe does that okay. it's just a very like it's in east europe it's more like well it, you know you learn these things and it's great and it's a ve- but it's not a it has nothing to do with your value as a person or your worth as a person and i feel that in the west that is that those two are related
1: mm.
0: where if you are that farmer or you know you went to the dumb school then you are some some morally like inferior to you know the person who went to the university, and I'm like, again, we're yeah. we're we're comparing the fish with the bird,
1: exactly. And I feel like that kind of happened to me in school. I'd sort of asked to stay on, and and they said no. Oh, you can just be a hairdresser, you know. And it was like, okay, because that's what people with no qualifications do. You know, fast forward. There we go. Fast forward. There we go. I'm like traveling around the world with my craft, meeting people from all different walks of life, being told that you can just be a hairdresser and, you know, you'll probably scrape by. Um, And then now going back to school and realizing, hang on, I can write academically. I just have to do it differently. Like maybe I can't read the, the book, but I can listen to it and take the information in. So, again, we're just judging the wrong... The, the fish's ability to climb a tree it's just unfair
0: and how much do you feel that um interest plays a part in this um as in you know we are like again a, a traditional system right teaches us a little bit of everything economics math uh physics um language history whatever etc cetera, etc cetera. um but what it like and you can do good depending on your brain, whatever. Um, but also I feel that even now, like I, I did my school when I was like mid 25, 27, 29. Mm-hmm. I got a degree. Um, and I realized that, oh, I'm actually really good at book knowledge. Like yeah. just because I like some, now I like something. I'm like, yeah. oh, suck it up, baby. I'll, I'll be, I'll win of all of y'all in the class here. Exactly. Easy peasy lemon. I don't even have to do homework. I'm just reading it one time and I got this. Yeah.
1: Whereas interested. other
0: times I was like, I was not interested.
1: Exactly. And it's like, it's the same with me. That the thing that I'm studying now, I'm so interested in it. I feel like I want to soak up all of the knowledge from all of the books as quickly as possible. But I wasn't interested in maths. I never was. I don't give a shit about numbers. It's not my bag. However, I've got some clients who fucking love numbers. So it just, it depends on your interest. I mean, my interest in school was definitely music, but I had one music class a week. And so you know, thankfully, I was able to go to lessons outside of that. But, you know, I I kind of fantasize about a, a system where they say to kids, well, what are you interested in? Okay, well, if you don't want to do maths, you can do five music classes a week instead, you know, and they can kind of switch everyone around and tailor make it a little bit more. I know that's probably not something that could work. But that's kind of what I would love to see, you know, children being able to study more about what they're interested in rather than doing shit that they don't like. And then they say, "Oh, she's got ADHD. Mm-hmm. She doesn't pay attention." No shit. I don't care about numbers.
0: Yeah. And even even not necessarily. Uh, and I don't. And I don't think that kids always need to understand the the reason why we learn something. Things because that's why we're children. We also don't have the comprehension of what the world's complexity is. But I do think there could be a better way to. Explain like, hey, we're learning this because mm-hmm. of this. Because like, you know, if you don't learn that, you're going to be at the cash register and the person's going to be like, it's $50. And you're like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Right. So we do need some mm. things to c- go through life.
1: And then what responsibility do the parents have as well? Like, because, you know, I know there's the argument of, you know, I wish that people their schools would teach kids how to do taxes and all this kind of stuff. Because they don't do that in my country, we don't know anything about taxes or mortgages, or no, finance, nothing. Mm-hmm. But also, my parents didn't mm-hmm. teach me that either. So, whose responsibility is it to teach? I mean, do you have to wait till you're an adult and learn about that stuff, or would it be better to learn about that stuff uh, when you're younger? You know,
0: I feel it has to do with the proximity um, of the parents itself, their exposure, right? Like, I can, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm just throwing it out there, they're like. My stepdad, he was a business owner, so I have seen him do taxes.
1: Mm.
0: Whereas I have parent, I've seen parents who have have very traditional nine to five jobs. They never had to do taxes because it's It's just not in their realm. Yeah, that's true, right?
1: Yeah. But it would just be valuable to know a bit more about how the world works instead of like learning about fucking parallelograms. I mean, I've never used that since I left school.
0: right yes yeah that that's a very valuable valuable um um the whole like x equals three to the fourth like multiplied by y um
1: why the fuck are we doing this you know
0: and but then on the other hand like that's what all the engineers need though right and our world is based on the invention of the engineers
1: and school is amazing for someone who wants to be an engineer because it's perfectly set up you know with the way the exams work and stuff you know you do exams and you know, I've got some clients, their children are off to be engineers and schools laid out perfectly for that to happen. However, yeah, if you want yeah, to something yeah, different, then it's not quite the same. But, I mean, do we go for the majority or for the few? It's the same with everything.
0: Who, you know. what? Yeah, oh, no, absolutely, absolutely. And even wanting an uh, uh, an one system that fits everyone's solution you know right because we're all like you know the system should be more like i'm like that's the same thing that we're doing with all this other bitching like it's, it's
1: just it's never gonna happen It's never gonna happen it's you know that's why i say i sort of fantasize it'd be great for that to happen but i know that that's never going to work yeah you know it's never going to and these systems have been in place for so long it's not like you can just snap your fingers and they change years and years of you know someone building that up um
0: yeah and, and the value of like knowing yourself and what you stand for. Like if you really disagree with the system, then you are free in that sense to not participate in that. In, in re- reference to school,
1: yeah.
0: go home school, find an alternative school. Like there's, there's, they're not fun possibilities because it's going to be a lot of hard work. But yeah. hey, that's like, if, 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 if one is so pa- like, um, passionate about some of these opinions, then do it. And I've seen, I see people all, all around me who are, like, more homeschooling or they go to these, like, I call them hippie schools, you right, know, yeah, where they're yeah. just constantly outside. And I'm like,
1: well, it looks epic. Yeah. It looks epic. Yeah. And then there's also the fact that, you know, you learn a lot of social skills from school as well. You know, you sort of learn all.
0: 100. And that's the 100. Fact,
1: and that's really valuable because, I guess, homeschooled children, they won't – I mean, you can socialize your kids as much as you want at the weekend, but – Actually, be in those systems.
0: There's all social dynamics,
1: exactly, mm-hmm. and 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 finding your place in a group as well is valuable. You know, finding your place
0: one hundred that's
1: such a valuable thing It's to to know what part you play in a group. You know, or, would you tend to take the lead or would you tend to sit back and watch? Like, it's important. That's how you find out who you are. is by doing those types of
0: things. yes.
1: So I guess there's that side of it as well.
0: Yeah. How um. Wait, shit! I lost my train of thoughts now. Talking about schools, ADHD. Oh yeah. So how much? How much do you feel that? And I, f- I feel like we now officially sound like old people because we are because we're above thirty years. Yeah, old. we're old. Like so. I feel we are we're Asian now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also remember that I did not understand why I had to do things that were not fun when I was younger. And now everyone knows me. I'm the first one to fucking yell at you do things that are not fun cuz it does something to your brain and you'll thank it later. Yes. Um right so like you know do do mathematics when we don't like it. Do tasks that we didn't like. Now and now we're just like even though we didn't right like there's there's also aside from maybe not utilizing the skill of mathematics, we but we did develop another skill which is like you know how to endure not fun things
1: yeah and
0: what else did it bring you
1: yeah learning to be comfortable in the discomfort right so because Mm -hmm. our comfort we're really good at creating comfort zones for ourselves we're great at it but we're also really good at staying there and not pushing ourselves outside of that um and it's the same with things like exercise and i know that you talk about this a lot you know motivation you can't if you sit around and wait for motivation nothing's ever going to happen you have to sort of actively do something different um in order to make that change um
0: if i yeah no yes if i would wait around for motivation i'd be 600 pounds right now yeah I'm, I'm like i'm I'm just keep it real i'm the laziest person i think mentally that exists <laughs>
1: yeah. it doesn't seem like that to me it seems yeah. like you're pretty on the ball with stuff because you make yourself do- well, like again like I
0: I also want cocaine every day. I also don't do that. Like if every if every desire would require response or you know be acted upon, I'd also be in jail right now because I would have killed yeah. fucking ten million people already. Right? Like yeah. so, yeah.
1: And I think you know I don't know how controversial this sounds, but I think if you want to grow and evolve in life at all, you have to move through that discomfort in some way. So like you know, getting sober for me was really uncomfortable. However, now it's way better. Going to school and doing fucking academic essays using referencing is really uncomfortable to the point of, like, physical discomfort. However, I know that out the other side of that is, is what I want to be. So you have to be willing to sacrifice who you are for who you could be or sacrifice what you've got for what you could have. And, you know, that's hard. So, but how, how do you move there in a way that allows you to live a better life in the future but we're comfy we've got our phones and we've got social media and we've got really comfy beds and houses now so well I mean I do privilege for sure but how long do you stay there
0: yeah and I always like I always hear people when I when I ask people like what's your dream life and they're like Sitting on the beach, sipping a cocktail for the rest of my life. I'm like, holy shit, I would die. Oh, holy boring. fucking shit! Like that sounds <clears throat> that sounds great when you have to escape your current life. I'm guaranteeing you, two weeks in, and you're bashing your head in. Like, wow.
1: I'd be doing. I'd be bashing my head in after two days of sitting on a beach. I I could not. One hundred. There's just no way. Like I would be able to sit on a beat I can't even I can do it for like an afternoon and that's me. I have to go climb a mountain or something.
0: Same. Same. Yeah. Same same. Oh shit. Well, we we just solved the world again. <laughs> yes. I'll put um do, do, is there anything you want? Oh wait, 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 wait. I have a new question. Okay. I used to I used to close the podcast with um, if you would travel back to your like you know twelve years old, what would you tell her? now I'm gonna do differently. If your future self twenty years from now would travel back to you today, what would they tell you?
1: Um, probably put more work into your essays <laughs> like oy, 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 oy. <laughs> like uh, start it now, don't procrastinate that any longer. Yeah, probably that. Read more books, take more time, and stop uh, being on my phone so much. That's definitely what my 20-year-old would tell me, for sure. So they're the things that I'm working on.
0: So with that being said, y'all heard future Lori. She just jumped in with us for you know, a hot sec with us. like She did the time travel, somehow figured it out, and that's the message for today.
1: Yeah, always lovely talking to you about it
0: thank you thank you for being here um we'll do this very very soon again i love you my girl (laughs) i truly 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 hope you enjoyed this episode today and i would love to hear from you what really stood out to you if there was something that ignited a certain feeling or deepened a certain insight if something even pissed you off and you were like yo I could not handle this opinion I so disagree with that I love to hear that please share um, leave reviews tag friends um, connect with me on Facebook connect with me and follow me on Instagram there's On Facebook, I have elaborate discussions and I do get involved. Uh, On Instagram, it's more storytelling and sharing pictures and I follow a lot of people back. Um, As for what I do currently, my base course is the DOM course. It's a two-part course where we get into the practical dominatrix work, which, which types exist. A eight almost eight-hour fetish library where I break down all the fetishes that exist, that I know of, that I've worked, of examples, what they are, what they not are, how one can utilize them, the traps and the upsides of it. Um, and there is another part where it's all about embodying the dominatrix archetype, getting more in touch with yourself, learning about your body, being more vocal in your desires and your needs being more confident in who you are and how you want to show up dismantling old beliefs even a lot of researching what some of the beliefs are that we hold on some of the programs that run within us and some of the coping mechanisms as well as that i have the blood Coats 2.0 with our amazing amazing jesse magic this is all creativity wealth embodiment in touch with being with our cycle in touch with the external energies, a bunch of magic, a bunch of mysticism, a bunch of ooh, highly, highly recommend. Then I have um, a workshop that's called the Four Money Rituals. It speaks for itself. If you want to give your money magic a little a boost, they have been tested. They have been several dozens of time tried out and the feedback was amazing then i have the tap in workshop it's a workshop where we demystify all these bullshit terms such as abundance frequency flow uh positive thinking everything that kind of the love gaslight community ruined for us and how to take back those words but also it's mostly um it's mostly focused on giving you a hands-on practice I'm giving an exam um, giving you examples of practices I'm giving you examples of exercises and I'll take you all through it of how to get back to instead of the the fluffy whatever it is but really get back to the core of yourself taking back the language and the meaning of certain words and then use them then get into the practices and really amplify on life and however you want it to be. In the spring, I have a new Whelp course coming. And in the fall, probably winter, I have a new Befriending Your Inner Demons coming. So again, thank you so much for listening. See you at the next episode.